0: Welcome to Birch Tree Studios, the home of 1013 Publications. This is 40 Below Zero, an international show about chronic illness hosted by two guys with MS. I'm your co-host, Nick, and with me, as always, is Terry. We're so glad all of our warriors and supporters are here with us, so let's get into it. Hey, Terry, another week's gone by. How are you feeling, my friend?
1: Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm just uh, going with the flow. Okay, so tell us about this week's show. The old buddy of mine, we used to volunteer somewhere together. Uh, I feel like we have a bond. Um, He has a hidden issue, you know, like he goes through. But it's not even about that. I found out that he has hidden issues, but his anxiety is a lot worse. And that's what I used to say. I used to say, everyone thinks my MS is, you know, my legs are hurting. My legs are garbage. But I got anxiety, man, that has played way past this ms thing uh
0: to bring everybody up to speed terry and i we met with Lorne, which is this week's guest uh, a couple days ago and we recorded the episode so what you are going to hear is i think it picks up in the middle of a conversation like right in the middle of the conversation um so we use the pretty raw audio for this one as we should for every single one this one is a long one i think it's over two hours this week it's good. It's natural. But I like it. It's I think fine. you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you stick around for the whole thing. Um let us know what you thought. Reach out to us and uh we'll talk to you next week with our with our next
1: guest. Cool, man. We'll talk to you soon. Good conversation going on. Uh
0: yes, to to answer your question that you just asked before we started, um I did adapt a kind of Buddhist zen way of looking at the world uh, after after my diagnosis after acceptance of my diagnosis um, once i got past the anger and all those other phases and i was like okay this is where it is and it's not changing and no matter what i do currently there's still nothing to undo it um i might as well just accept the fact that cosmically uh i'm just riding we're all just riding the wave so yeah. Is that,
2: did you do that all yourself or did you like speak to someone to come to that conclusion?
0: Uh, honestly, it was so very early on uh, in the first years of my uh, diagnosis, I spent a lot of time in hospitals. Uh, I was hospitalized every two to four months for a seven day uh, flare up. Uh, so and you do a lot of MRIs, a lot of blood work, a lot of testing, testing, testing to see where you're at with things so you or i really um used my time alone to to focus on uh processing how i wanted to go forward like i could go forward angry and try you know and, and try to be the guy who could change everything and be like ah, i could just muscle through this i'll figure this out it's no big deal or i could i said this happened this is where you are how can you adapt And how should you look at life? Because I can't look at life the same way Um, because that's the old life. And you got to really get out of that headspace Um, or you'll be very angry. Nah, Mm
1: -hmm. I feel like now I have a reason to be mad. It certainly gives you fodder. Were you always (laughs) so introspective? I tried to be.
0: Um, You know, you, you get to that point in your life where you start, questioning the things that you were told sure. and you try to be like, is this real? Is this true? Do I even like what I've been told, how I was brought up? You know, not, not, not saying anything against family. I'm, I'm just talking how the, the world was presented to you as a child. Um, At about somewhere around 14 to 16, I started really looking at a lot of things and being like, Okay, just because I was told these things are true and this is how it's supposed to be, does that really, is that really true? I don't know. So I got to investigate it. So I did. Uh, I was brought up Catholic upbringing. Uh, Your teachers, your religious, uh, for the church, all those kind of things. I started questioning all that and I never stopped questioning. I still question it now. Um, Because the older I get, the more
2: I realize I don't know anything. Is it Socrates or something like that? The the only thing I know for certain is I know absolutely nothing. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's interesting because I think, I mean, this is completely armchair psychology, but I always thought that uh, the people that don't go the route you went, where they start questioning like everything and authority and uh, the ones that just... I guess, toe the line the whole way until they reach 40 or 50. I think sometimes that's what brings up a midlife crisis is they've been doing it without questioning any authority for so long. And then they finally question so late in life. And they're like, have I been leading someone else's vision of my, my life?
1: On that then, note, yeah, Lord Broadstein, <laughs> 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 what's going on, man? I, it's, I feel like it's been so long since we've, I, even though I've been on your show, I just feel like it's been so long since you and I connected. We have history together, which, you know, I, I know what you're going through, man. I just don't want to put it out here. I know you might have IBS. Please tell me I'm right, man. No, you're right. Okay. Um, I was with someone. I don't know if you ever met her in the past. No longer together, but she had IBS and a severe case of it. So I lived with that for about six years. Yeah, I lived with her with that. And... I always like now I have underlining issues because of my MS and I go through some of your issues, but not what you go through. I don't have any of the pain that you probably go through, but dude, I've seen her social life just stop because of the IBS. So I I could imagine you go through a lot of stuff. Tell me just briefly about your story. I don't want to nuisance you talking so
2: much about what you're going through. Um sure i mean it's it's not as i think some people like you guys definitely uh and i won't say that it's uh it's not that it's practiced it's just the way that it seems like both of your stories played out in your lives it almost played out in a uh, in a cinematic way the way you explained how you grew up and then you suddenly uh found or not found but you're suddenly diagnosed with this condition and it slowly changed the trajectory of your life the way you guys tell it sounds so cinematic maybe it's just the way you guys you guys speak but mine isn't as glamorous in the sense that it's just i've always sort of had it i I had it before i even knew it was a condition i always just thought that was just sort of life um and i guess when it happens like that you just sort of you just by the time i had autonomy i guess i was always just adapted to living with like ibs not recognizing that it was actually a condition that was just my life that was just how it's always been and versus i think uh when you when you uh, get diagnosed later in life you, there's an adaption phase and there's an acceptance phase and a, an anger phase and uh so i guess i guess that's it like it's I later in life i think as things became more difficult like school and uh hanging out going places i guess with the autonomy of becoming older uh, when i wasn't with my parents all the time or just near a bathroom all the time i recognized that this was becoming more increasingly difficult to do what normal kids do and i guess that's when i started seeking out answers realizing that not everybody's like this uh at first i think doctors parents everybody thought it was anxiety for a long time it's just stress that's why he's got a bad stomach and then i don't think ibs was that uh known about when i was really young i think it's maybe i'm wrong but no one told me about it until i was like 13 or 14. i don't remember hearing anything about it uh, at least not mainstream
0: uh at least uh longer than 10 years ago i don't i didn't even know it,
2: what it was exactly right. Yeah. So they always just said it was stress, and like that's what I thought it was, and I still sort of—I mean, it seems to be exasperated. Certainly, I mean, it still seems a little bit unknown in the sense that, like, I personally don't know of the underlying cause—I don't know if it's genetics or what it is—or, but it had you know good days and bad days.
1: Is it wrong for me to say that no one would know, man? You look normal, but what is normal, right? Yeah. But you look normal when when I see you, and I'm thinking, what did what did Lauren? go through because
2: it's all behind closed doors yeah but i mean to be f- to be fair uh speaking to you two right now it's the same thing you guys don't you guys it's it's almost like uh invisible unless you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and and that's that was kind of one of the driving factors of us starting the show uh it was because there's so many invisible unknown people walking around just being like like you said it, this is my life i guess this is not wrong this is just how everybody lives everybody has to deal right. with these issues and the and the fact is it's far less people have to deal with them than we even think about um, when True. you look at, when you look at the overall numbers uh, it's not it's not a whole lot of people when you put the whole country you know in
1: perspective my my normal is my normal now and i forget that it's not your normal so I, I say stuff and then I see people's reactions and then I have to take a step back and say, oh, that, that's probably so off for them to hear. Because it's so normal for me to talk about, hey, i sorry, Lauren. Hey, I pissed myself today. <laughs> and then I see the next guy like, oh, my God, did he just say that? And it's like, yo, man, this is what I deal with. Not that I pissed myself all the time. I didn't <laughs> mean to say that, but just the whole lingo.
2: I get it. I man, I'm so. I mean, I guess if we haven't caught up enough, but I'm like so desensitized from that stuff. I've been around so much of that stuff, whether it's caring for like uh, family members or just the stuff that I've had to deal with. I'm so past that like shame and like it's just. I, I think it gets to a point where where you're just tired. Like you can't even. It's just another weight that I just can't bear compared to everything else I got going on. Yeah, maybe that's just me. I don't know.
0: And. You, I hear people from time to time, and they say like, "Oh, I don't know how you do it. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, you're you're so, uh, you know, you have such a good strength to 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 get up and deal with this every day." And it's like, yeah, but you you wake up and you just your day starts. I don't know.
2: It's but there's no alternative. No, just, yeah, nothing else.
0: Yeah, the things that we care and we care about, we care about, and the things that we can do, we do. It's just you know, it's every. But I think we're seeing their fear response when they say things like that. When they say, oh, I don't know how I could do it or I could never do it.
2: True, you're right. That's, you're absolutely that's, right. That's their fear response. That's that's uh, very insightful. And
0: honestly, it's scary, but I don't know. I guess we've been doing it long enough.
2: Like you said, <laughs> we're desensitized. <laughs> it, I just think humans were, or at least from my experience, we're really good at, uh or we're very fearful of the unknown we're fearful of pain we're fearful of difficulty but uh once we're thrown in it and not given a choice we generally adapt pretty well mm-hmm. even even in pretty dire circumstances we still somehow find a way to just exist day to day
1: yep
0: and, and when you uh, look at, when you look ahead. back on it when you look back on it you go oh man those were the days but you forget those days were just as hard as the day you're in now. True. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, ah, oh, life was so much simpler back then. It wasn't. You just
2: think it was because of all the stuff you're dealing with now. <laughs> True. New problems. That's right. Um, but I just think that like, yes, I guess, I guess you just at in the end of the day, something that I need to do more often, I think a lot of people should is just give yourself more credit for uh, your uh, ability to To tolerate, otherwise, unfortunate circumstances, regardless of what it is, whether it's illness or anything else, we generally are more capable than we give ourselves credit for, and often you don't see it until looking back. Mm -hmm. That's all. Like I just, I just think because you were saying people's fear response, I think most people that would be in a position uh, to be diagnosed with what you guys are dealing with would feel before they're diagnosed, they'd feel like they're incapable. They wouldn't know what to do. They wouldn't be able to exist as well as you guys exist day to day but i think that most people uh, don't realize that given being forced into the circumstances like you guys were you learn as most humans do to adapt and to find peace amongst the difficulty that you've been uh served and the reason why i say that and i'll stop is just because i've read books like victor frankl's uh, man's search for meaning i don't know if you're familiar with that yeah. He was a psychologist, I believe. He was in the Holocaust and he he learned as a psychologist. He was a psychologist before, I believe, but during the Holocaust, while he was in it, in Auschwitz, he recognized that humans are more capable than they give themselves credit for. The sheer will of uh, keeping, a, keeping hope uh, and optimism, despite uh, very dire circumstances, it is actually enough to push you past the bounds of what you think you're capable of. In the or... in the case of like these people that kept hope and thought at some point they would make it out, they actually did survive. They were able to withstand hunger a little bit longer. They were able to withstand pain, broken bones. While those that gave up hope, generally uh, succumbed to sickness. That's what he was able to find through the study while while being in in Auschwitz at the time.
1: What's his name again?
2: Viktor Frankl. Victor Frankel. V i k t o r. Awesome. Yeah, it's man's search for meaning. It's an it's an awesome book, and it's just about. Uh, being thrown into very difficult circumstances unfairly, and still finding a way to find hope to, in spite of the tragedy that life sometimes throws at you. Well said, man.
0: We're getting, <laughs> we're getting deep on a Friday morning. <laughs> well said, okay. Sorry, this <laughs> is no, more, it's a, man. It's all good. I'm here for it. I like it.
1: I I, I, like I feel it. like uh, I feel like we are very much the same person lauren and i except i'm years ahead of him in age but i don't know i just i feel like i connect to this guy even though
2: he's much more intellectual than i am i wouldn't say that but (laughs) you know we all have our interests that's that's what it is i mean you could school me on a lot of things i'm sure i'm certain i'm confident (laughs) you still have that huh yeah nice (laughs) dude
1: what's the story with that oh just somewhere we volunteered together back in the day okay yeah gotcha yeah so uh, go ahead please no um when you have issues in your day-to-day do you say sorry i have ibs do you explain to people if you have to go to the washroom do you try to give it an out like sorry i have ibs this is the problem with me um because you're labeling yourself when you say that too
2: yeah I don't usually i mean God to be honest with you my uh, I don't even make plans that often at this point. I've just isolated so much at this point just it's just become my life i'm but uh I think those in my life at this point it's a very small circle are tolerant to they they know the situation at this point I think but that is a really small circle to get to that point i think yeah same way man
1: it's not so it's they...
2: not ideal.
0: So when the pandemic hit and everyone was forced to stay at home, you are like, finally.
2: <laughs> business as
0: usual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing really changed. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: did it affect you guys greatly?
0: Uh, it affected my wife's business a lot because she was a baker. Oh, boy. She owned, she owned a bakery. So it, it kind of – we we opened the storefront. I say we, but she opened the storefront. Uh, during the like in 2020 during the height of it and for a while we were doing good but then after all that it, it drug on and on and on it was it, the the margins started getting thin and then the prices of everything went up and we just couldn't keep up so we ended up shutting it down sorry to hear that
2: that's <sighs> an awesome a bakery sounds amazing thank you yeah it's
0: it's hard to it's hard to keep afloat when you have to double and two and a half times your the price of everything just because everything, everything you're getting all your raw materials are that's astronomical.
2: Right, I can imagine. Yeah.
0: So just a just one of many. I live I live in an area that has a lot of mom and pop style uh, bakeries and and delis and pizza shops and all that stuff. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of big names in our area got uh, impacted and had to shut down completely because of it. So like 50 and 60 plus years in in, in business are so just tanked. So wow, yeah,
2: you're in Philadelphia?
0: Uh, about uh, just around Philly between um, between Philadelphia and the state line of Delaware. so nice. lower South not in Pittsburgh, not
2: in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> are you familiar with Rita's water ice? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah? <laughs> oh yeah, just oh, I love that I have, stuff.
0: I have three quarts of it sitting in my freezer right now.
2: <laughs> oh man, oh my my dad's family is from Philadelphia, and we would get it all the time. And we'd go to Ocean City, and I I loved Philly. Like they had the best pizza, great Chinese food. It's you guys definitely have better food than we do in Canada. Thank you.
1: Yeah, we're, <laughs> uh... like
2: I have anything to do with it.
1: Uh... <laughs> I'm just a what are... consumer. What are you talking about? What's in your fridge right
0: now? Uh, three quarts of uh, Rita's water ice. Okay. This uh, is water. I love, I love the accent. Water. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is it? Swedish fish, uh, blue raspberry, and uh, lemon.
2: Red, nice. white, and blue. Very, very nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how else to describe this. Is it like shaved ice cream, or is that what you call shaved ice? Like Italian ice? Uh,
0: yeah, it's sort of. Yeah, it's it's it depends on what kind you get. So. so it's really good. A lot of sugar. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's frozen sugar. Water. <laughs> oh, it right tastes done. so good <laughs> on a summer day, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> and if uh and you can even use it as a, a mixer for alcoholic beverages if you so choose. Do you guys drink alcohol? I stopped four years ago.
1: Oh wow. Uh, yeah. I don't. I just my body can't take it. Yeah. I've never. And I'm glad because I think I would have been an alcoholic if I enjoyed that shit.
2: Yeah. You yeah. have an addictive personality?
1: Uh, I You know, I hate when people say that because how do you you know unless you're addicted to something, but well,
0: I think in my short experience with Terry, he has a hyper focused personality. So like when he gets something he likes, case in point, look at his studio. Mm-hmm. That's that studio didn't exist until I said, hey, Terry, you want to do a podcast? <laughs> and, he, and he was like, I need five microphones and sound deadening. And he just went.
1: <laughs> yeah, he goes hard.
2: So. Pretty much. Yes. So. I think people know they have an addictive personality. It starts with little things. Like, I think you realize if you, if you have the same, if you go to the same store every day or you do the same thing every day and then you can't do it and like, and you, and it really causes a lot of grief. You're like, then you realize maybe I I do have an addictive personality. I think you first notice it with like, if you have like a, the same coffee every day or something. Yep. I have, I have an
1: addictive drug. Yeah. Do you? I think so. Like routine. <laughs> you just Although like... I'm is this what this therapy session right now what's mm-hmm. going on it's what we're doing <laughs> yes i have an addictive personality i'm glad i don't drink alcohol yo growing up i tried to you know there was people drinking i'm like oh sure, i'll yeah. try and and i just I couldn't sit in my system bathroom issues afterwards oh, yeah, i get right. nauseous so yeah it just never sit well with me so i just didn't drink and then people started to say oh you don't drink because you're muslim I'm like i'm not muslim <laughs> I had a neurologist tell me very early
0: on, he said, you can, ha-, he said, you should have two, two ounce glasses of whiskey every day to reduce inflammation. Wow. I said, that's your, that's your actual advice. And he said, yeah. Wow. He said, if, if you enjoy whiskey. I'm, so I was like, nah, I got to get off. What saloon
2: did you see this doctor in? Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> oh my and God. He was probably against marijuana. Uh, he was actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was not a fan of the uh, uh, med- medical cannabis. Is that legal in Pennsylvania? If you have a medical card, yes. Nice. Which I do. So, and they just put legislation forth to allow an update to the law where cardholders see the state is getting real close to legalizing it completely mm-hmm. recreationally. So, in probably about five to six years, it'll be completely legit. But they added a caveat to the law that um, people with medical cards
2: will be able to grow up to six plants. Nice. Very nice. So yeah. I was very happy to hear that. And when's that coming into...
0: It's, it's on the floor now I to be see. voted on. So probably by the end of this year, maybe early next year. Nice. Yeah, cultivation so. is huge. Yeah, for sure. This is, the prices are ridiculous. It's
2: insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. What is it up there for you guys? Uh legally you're paying probably at least 10 like 10 dollars a gram. It's wow. always been like this,
0: yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So we're about there. We're 15 a gram, so. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. crazy. There's yeah. no way you're going to keep people off the street if you're charging that. Yeah, I mean they're like, already buying it on the street.
0: No, there's a there's a great documentary. Uh there's Green Mountain Death Mountain or something. I can't remember. It's a, it's a, on Netflix. It's a whole documentary on how the white market in California pushes the black market harder than it ever has been. So it's the the more available legally it is, mm-hmm. the, the cheaper the black market gets and more
2: available the black market is. Well, I would imagine because with legalization, there becomes less, less emphasis on monitoring and cracking down. Taxation. Right. True. True. I mean, not to mention like, it's the whole thing of a, The the regulation required, I guess, for safe cannabis is why the price is so high, but it's a catch-22 because you're not going to be able to beat the black market if people – I guess what I'm trying to say is they screwed up, keeping it illegal for so long, that people are so comfortable with the black market that unless the price is cheaper, regardless of – they're going to have to lose money because I understand they have to irrigate it and test for fungus and mold and everything else. And that's why the cost is so high. It has to go through so many filters before it can get to the consumer if you do it the legal way. But we've been buying it illegally for so long that like we don't care at this point. We're just still right. going to keep buying it from the guy we trust. And if you're going to charge us more, most people aren't going to pay more for the same thing. And often it's inferior, honestly, personally. You're you You
0: are exactly
2: right. I cannot, you, you eloquently stated, sir. <laughs> it's, it's just because if if it was new and we didn't know a guy, but like we've been, most people have been seeing the same guy for like 20 plus years yep. or they know someone or someone's just growing in their backyard. Like, a, like it's, yep. I don't know.
0: I it's, think we've all come to the realization that no matter who you get it from, it is not in that person's best interest to have you die.
2: Right? It's crazy. <laughs> like it's just, it's not like anything else. It's like, I understood a lot of the other stuff it's sketchy. It's real sketchy.
1: Yeah.
2: But uh, cannabis is different. I don't know. Yeah. Murder we're Mountain. Pennsylvania. What's that?
1: Is that the name of the show? Murder, Murder Mountain? Mountain that you were talking about? I think about? that's what
2: it's called. I've yeah, heard of look it. it up? Yeah. It's a good documentary. It's really I, good. I'm so, I feel like I'm hijacking this. Is there a structure? No, you're fine, bro. No, no. There's no okay. structure.
1: Yo, You're fine. You don't ramble at all. I got a <laughs> coaster here. I can't believe I'm, I'm saying this out loud. But uh, my girlfriend gave me this coaster. And on it, it says, sorry, I slapped you. But it didn't seem like you'd ever stop talking, and I panicked.
2: <laughs> I don't so, shut up, man.
1: Lord, that's that's me, man. Don't worry, I'm letting you, you know, guys take it.
2: <laughs> I should give you a, a flag you can lift just when you want me to stop talking.
1: You're fine, I swear.
0: He's the host; he can mute everybody. True, that's
2: yeah. The hand of God. He has,
0: he has the power. But no, there's no structure. I'm just I, a us We have. We have uh, a lot of guests that come on and say very similar. They're like, "Oh, was I supposed to be talking about?" Some-? No,pe. Okay. <laughs> uh,
2: it seems like the four you guys want to change the format a little bit from the last one. Is that is that what's happening now?
0: We tried new stuff. Yeah, um, I don't don't want to exclude people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, want to let everybody know that MSers do not. It's not a closed community. We, we we take anybody with any kind of chronic thing because misery loves company i guess i don't know
2: fair <laughs> uh the reason why I asked, so i should have i should have prefaced this with another question there's two types of podcasts there's ones that keep everything cloak and mirror or cloak in a shadows or whatever and then the other one is more meta where they'll talk about the pod on the pod and that's i should have asked that first because we're talking about the pod on the pod now which I personally prefer, because that's what I find podcasts so fascinating. Is that there's this like meta to it, where like you're you you could you talk about it as you're on it, versus like television is like super. the Don't talk about the man behind the curtain. Right. I love your yeah. show
1: because it's so raw. Your show yeah. is so raw.
2: I, like, that's intentional. I don't edit anything. I, love I edit it. very it's, little.
1: It's fine. Yeah. We we break the fourth wall often. It's fine.
2: Yeah, I think there's something charming about that. As a matter of fact, on some of our
0: shows, Terry and I are talking about the upcoming shows and like. Yeah, I've noticed that.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) I'm sure you guys have talked about this before. You definitely have, but I've please remind me. How originally did you guys connect? Instagram. It was through Instagram. That's fascinating.
0: I I searched. Oh my god! I'll say it again, Terry. I'll tell the story. No, it's it's just it's not me. Go (laughs) ahead. I searched. Uh, I had just, I had just received a. Well, see, you have to get a prescription for a wheelchair. I don't know if it was the same for you, Terry, but in order not for my, really, insur- if in, if in order for my insurance, if you want to get insurance, yes, yes, yes. So my doctor wrote a prescription for a wheelchair, and when I finally found a chair and a company and all that stuff, I was like, not depressed, but I was kind of like, oh man, I really need to figure this out how do I even live with a wheelchair? I like, I saw my grandfather use one and I'm like, I don't even know what to do. So I started, I searched wheelchair influencer on Instagram and Terry was the first one that popped up because of his cat videos. That's <laughs> funny. Cat videos. <laughs> um, uh, then he put up on his story uh, about the uh, groups that we now attend. The, he's, you know, uh, the warrior group sessions. And I said, I'll check it out. So I said, hey, Terry, you know, I introduced myself and he's like, yeah, come on, here's the link. And I went and we just connected.
2: Wow, that's awesome. Yep. That's an awesome story. So I imagine, I'm, I would hope that today with the technology we have and everything, wheelchairs are a little bit more advanced than they were back then, a little bit more, uh, allow for a little bit better accessibility to the general world, I, was, I would hope. Or is it, this, is it the same design that it's been forever?
1: you know what's funny is to me it's the same design but every time the new model comes out it's Mm -hmm. oh it's even lighter it's like how much lighter can it get like what material are you using but there's always new design you know to keep up with the market like the i would imagine now there's chairs with suspensions i don't even even know if nick knows that yeah there's shock systems and wheelchairs Uh, i'm i'm saving my pennies for a tank
0: chair sir it is, is tank treads and it's it goes
2: 35 miles an hour whoa so that was my question because in canada like we our sidewalks get horrible and i think about this every year like yeah, i know people yeah. with mobility issues how yeah. do you exist in the winter dude uh i gotta talk to you for a second first of
1: all about the chair do you remember seeing the chair before i was a chair user do you uh, ever remember I'm... seeing the chair sitting in my office you had anyway, it. You
2: didn't really use it very often.
1: I never used it. I never used yeah. it, but yeah. I always had it. And I always tried to bring it in the presence of everyone so they can get, you know, they wouldn't freak out. Oh my God, what's the chair doing? It would be normalized to everybody. So when mm-hmm. I did sit down in it, they wouldn't freak out, but it didn't matter. No matter what, you sit down in a chair, people look at you and they're like, hey, what's going on? You know, there was always that awkward feeling. So I never normalized it. And that's the reason why I left Toronto. Because I'm like, all right, my legs are getting weaker. I started yeah. a new life here where I can just start fresh. So Nick only knows me in a chair because I started my Instagram account in a chair. Because I'm like, guys, this is who I am now. I got to break out, you know, out of the closet.
2: So I don't uh, want to. I can't think of a better word other than belittle. I don't want to belittle what you're saying, but I have a, que- it's a genuine question. Go. Is it? did you actually have an experience or a conversation with someone? They're like, oh, this is different now because you're in a chair or is it a lot, is it very internalized? Because it sounds crazy to me personally to like, to, to think that like, if you see someone and they're in a wheelchair all of a sudden to like, no, nothing really, nothing changes in my brain really. I just, I don't know, but maybe I'm just weird. I've, I've
1: in the past, I've had friends when we see someone in a wheelchair, I've had friends make fun of that guy in a wheelchair. Really? And that's what sticks in my head.
2: Yeah, that's fair. That's so, crazy.
1: As soon as I'm in a wheelchair, I'm imagining the people that was made fun of. Yeah. And that's why I lost a lot of weight. And da, 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 da. There's a whole story to it, man. I'm sorry to hear that. No, man. Everyone goes through their own issues. And yeah, I did run away from my past, and I did come here, and I started opening up again, and I realized my life's not over. Being in a chair is pretty cool, man. And that's why I kind of souped up my chair because you're going to be center of attention. Might as well play it. That'll look good. Do you find you deal with you encounter a lot of people like that? Dude, the first time I went publicly in, uh, I took a scooter, which is the most embarrassing thing for me. I don't know why. It's an ego thing. I just want to be in a chair manual to show people I'm still independent. But, you know, to go get a coffee, you can't go in a wheelchair because I'm not going to stick it on my chair. And, you know, the sidewalk, there's all these bumps and every time you hit a crack. So I would take my scooter. The first time I went out to Tim Hortons, uh, I was in line. The lady, it was my turn. The lady looked behind me to the lady behind me and said, next. So she totally disregarded me. And my ego, my everything, I just shut down. I said, oh, can I, I was like a ten year old kid, man. I'm like, oh, what about me? And uh, she's like, oh yeah, yeah. How can I help you, dude? My I went home that day and I was like, never again. Am I leaving? I was so bad. Like the reaction I got my first day going out in a scooter. I was like, oh, I guess you know, people in
2: wheelchairs are known as mentally unstable. And that's a thing that that does that happen often? No. So that, so that was at least an isolated incident. At least, definitely, yeah. That's crazy to me. I yeah. could not imagine. Have you ever heard of the show? What would you do? Of course. Yes. It just seems like once in a while I'll see things like that, and it's and I just
1: don't. I don't mean, me, go ahead, please. No, no. See, this is what I do. You do it too, so it's okay. But this is when I go to places. Yeah. I notice stuff like that happen a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but nothing so insulting but it, it's where they would look at my partner and talk to her but i'm like this is my appointment you know Got i go to the dentist
2: and i wish someone would it, do that
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> i don't want to talk to anyone and then i would just look at her and smile and she look yeah. at me and smile like "Ah, oh, that's a story for later yeah, i won't do yeah. anything in the moment i won't say hey yo lady i'm talking no i get it
2: uh, that's that's insane though to even i think uh I don't know what that is. Is that, do you find that more, is, is it with an old, is it a generational thing or is it just every age doing it? Oh, man. Well, Good question. Well,
0: I could tell you that uh, recently I went on a trip down to Washington, D.C., and I was in one of the libraries and uh, a young woman, probably, so I'm 43, she's probably half my age, probably in her 20s, um, reached over me when I was in my wheelchair to get a book off the shelf and was like, oh, excuse me. Like that's literally insane. over my shoulder. That's
2: insane. Okay, that's crazy though, right? No. That's, those are. So we I see that though. These are many crazy stories people, right? Of
0: that many stories. Yeah, many stories. Yeah, Terry's talking about the
1: grocery store people reaching over. I've yeah. had one, and I I never say anything, Lauren, because I don't want to be that crazy guy who freaks out. And it's like, calm down, sir. Just calm down. But sometimes you have reason. One guy reached over me once, and I actually pulled back. And said, excuse me, what's the deal? And I actually spoke up. And he looked at me He goes, ah. And he just started laughing at me. Like I was freaking out for no reason. And uh, and it got me really more mad. And I'm looking around, like hoping that there's somebody to be like, hey, sir, give him some space. You know, speak up for me. Because I don't want to be that crazy guy. Um, I went to get blood work once. This is funny. And after the blood work, I'm sitting there. And my girlfriend's in the other room. Because, you know, she's like, oh, I'll wait for you till you're done. I'm like, thank you. She knew that I got blood work done. And she, she's such a caring person. She's like, oh, I'm going to go there and help him because I know his hand's going to be up in the air or whatever. So she'll just push me to the exit, whatever. She came and she's like, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm great. The blood work's done. And then the lady comes back with the bottle for the urine sample. And she looks at me, uh, she looks at her, gives her the bottle and says, okay, so just make sure. When you fill up this bottle, make sure you catch it midstream. Wipe first and ca- she's explaining to her how to catch okay. my pee in this dude. And I'm looking at I'm like, is this really happening? She's and she's looking at me, uh, Katrina, my girl's looking at me like, uh, are you gonna get offended? That it was just such a funny moment. And I just let her, and then afterwards, I'm like, are You gonna make sure you catch it midstream? I would always joke about that.
2: But uh, that happens mi- all the it's time. It's good to laugh at it. I think you're opening up my eyes to this, but I mean, it seems like one of those circumstances where the only way you can cope with this is to just uh, take on a Buddhist approach. It and seems they're... because like, that's crazy. That's insane. But uh, clearly, I mean, there's in... look, there's a uh, ignorant people and well, there's nothing you can do.
0: Our, our every day, everything that we think is super important to us is but we don't know anybody else is super important. And you'd be surprised. There's, There's people in my life who I've known for the majority of my life who are now just saying, Nick, I had no idea what MS was. Like I heard it, I knew it, like I see the commercials, whatever, but I didn't know it was like that. And that's true for... And the reason why we started in season two branching out is because we don't know, like we know, I know what IBS is, but I don't know what it is. I don't know how it is. Same thing with all these other illnesses that are invisible. So for for Terry and I, this is more of a, this is an exploration into who, whoever, how is everyone else dealing with life?
2: That's that's fair. That's I like that uh, mentality. And also, like Terry, I I should just say uh, there's a saying like you should never attribute malice. What can be attributed to ignorance, and often that's the case. I think when these people say or do these stupid things, uh, it's often just ignorance. It's not intended to be malicious. They're just they're not thinking, and it's that doesn't make it any less hurtful.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate when people say their intentions was pure. Their intentions yeah. was good. I hate when people say that.
2: It still sucks. It's just what I've realized is, and I try to tell myself this all the time, is that uh, people most of the time aren't inherently evil. They're just focused. On, they're so overwhelmed with whatever they got going on that they're just on autopilot. Sure. And it doesn't make it doesn't make the situation better when you're in it. It just try. I just try to remind myself the world's not out to get you most of the time. Everybody's just overwhelmed.
1: If you speak up, yeah, and you solve the issue. But no one speaks up because what not? But yeah, if, and if they I, don't listen, sucks. if yeah. they don't listen, okay, then they're ignorant, then they're being insulting or disrespectful.
2: True, true. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think. I try to keep my mouth shut most of the time, except when I'm on here, I don't shut up. But in regards to like, in regards to like, like the girl is making assumptions about like, whether you can do it on your own or whether she needs to help you like that. Things like that. I just try to keep. Yeah. Just because you never know.
1: Okay. If I, if she did that, if she's like, you know, talking to someone thinking I'm brain dead. Yeah. I should say, Hey, I got it. You don't need to talk to her. I got it. I should say that. And then, and then the, the lady would look at me and be like, Oh, I'm so Sorry. I did not mean to insult you, you know, then the whole thing would be rectified. I'd be like, it's okay.
2: But you got, why do you have to do the heavy lifting? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, just don't say anything. Just if you if there's questions, we'll ask, just give me the stuff. Like if there's any instructions, like it's just, they're going the extra mile trying to be nice or trying to be helpful. But in the end, it just yeah. sort of muddies it a little bit. And I understand like, it's just, it's just, the, this is the complexity of human experience. No one's malicious here, but it just, it is on, you know.
0: My uh, my oldest daughter gets mad, well, not mad, but she gets like irritated when people go out of their way to open the door for me when I'm in the wheelchair or when I'm using my crutches wow. or they, you know, hold the door or say things because she says. Are they she's like, I always get mad because. Uh, that's them being able to say to somebody else later in the day, I helped this person. They don't do it because they're genuinely want to be like, oh, they're just genuinely nice people. They want to say, I'm a good person because I did something for someone who couldn't today.
2: Okay. So I contend with this a lot. I, I get that. And this is my thing. My thing is, even if you're going through the motions because, it's a, it, because it feels good to do, if we still all did that, even with the wrong intention, it would still be a better place, I think. Wouldn't it? Or I bad. tell her
0: i don't mind i say i don't mind either way i get the door open
2: right right (laughs) i don't think that deep about it (laughs) she's smart though she's right i i feel her vibe i won't lie to you no i do too like i i I contend with
1: it all the time i sometimes someone will come and you know they'll oh i need to open the door for him just like you said and rush past you dude dude yeah they'll stand in the way like their toes are there and i'm like dude anyway yes i don't like that
0: <laughs> with them i have i've had that when people rush past me to, to hit the button or to, to hold the door for me i lean over and i hit the button and the door automatically opens and i go thanks anyway <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> the button did your job yeah yep thank you <laughs> are you guys you guys seem extroverted are you extroverts
0: uh i think my extroversion is a mask for my crippling depression <laughs>
2: that's brutally honest i love that Can we clip that <laughs> I am totally an extrovert. Yes, you are. I love I love like staying
1: it. home. Don't get me wrong. I love my home now. Yeah, you know,
2: but
0: no, I genuinely enjoy being out and talking with people, and I need it. Being around people, I love being in large group events like festivals and concerts, and uh, even even like going to lectures. Like just being around people because you you don't know who you're gonna run into. You don't know who you're what you're gonna learn. Like I, I know 95% of my entire bubble. So right. I know all the problems with my house. I know what needs to be fixed. Like I know all those things, but when I go out into the world, I don't know anything and my perspective may change. I may learn something. I could be wrong about stuff. Like there's a whole bunch of possibilities.
2: So I love being around people. The excitement of novelty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, have you had a lot of being an extrovert, obviously that you put yourself in a lot of experiences where you can meet new people or new experiences and stuff. So do you experience a lot of this behavior when trying to do something like that? Is that, is that just a part of an inevitable part of the experience, unfortunately now, or is it
0: rare? Oh, you mean the, uh, the people running into people who have a preconceived notion about how
2: Terry and I stuff like that. Yeah. Is this sort of sour the experience now of being an extrovert because you have to deal with this?
0: no i find personally i find that Good question man <laughs> there's yeah seriously i find that there is not again not malicious ignorance there's just people who don't know and if i can be an, an informative voice to my experience and and to set some facts straight um i want to do that so That's, i like that mentality I, Not that I'm the spokesman person for MS, but you
1: know. No, no, but I. So I'm a total extrovert, right? The reason during COVID and stuff, I knew people were staying home, and it was driving me crazy. Which is why I reached out to start a group, uh, so that we can connect all together. I avoid people. I'm an extrovert, but I avoid people because I don't want to get triggered. Because when I get triggered, my mind just keeps going, and uh, usually I react, then I start overthinking how I reacted. So right. and it just keep going. It's a spiral in my mind. But so I avoid people. So I keep my circle. Like if I accept you in my circle, then you're important. I know that sounds weird. Not weird. No. But uh, I'm an extrovert who has introvert tendencies.
0: <laughs> you're you're yeah. a cautious, cautious extrovert. <laughs> when you get past when you you're a gatekeeper. When you get past the gate, you're in. Yeah. I, I, I respect
2: that. Do you, what triggers you? Ignorance. Ignorance. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, so, okay. Well, that's so, but ignorance. When I used to drive, we're all
1: ignorant until we're not. Ignorant drivers would get to me. I was I like see. the Robin Hood of cars, of driving. Mm. So even if I saw someone being ignorant to somebody else, I would go defend them. I would speak up. It's ignorance. I don't know what it is. It's okay, um, but.
2: So here's the question, though. So when you catch yourself being ignorant towards something, you're like, oh, I I, I've learned something today. So what so how do you because we're all you're right. I I keep
0: telling myself that. No one gets a perfect score in life, right? Nobody. So don't beat yourself up. Learn from (laughs) your lesson. Seriously, learn from you say, okay, I, I in this scenario, I was ignorant. If I if that scenario presents itself again, I'm not going to be ignorant. That's all but, you can do,
1: Lauren. You're right, though. You're right because you, you know, I catch myself being ignorant to someone else, and then I, oh my god, I'm really apologetic and I beat myself, just like Nick said. I really beat myself over it because I'm like, oh my god, I, I'm ignorant. I would beat, I would hate you if you did that to me. So,
2: fair. So, yeah, okay, I understand. That's you know, that's you know what stuff. also triggers yeah. me, yeah, having that?
1: always to say no or or always having to speak up. <laughs> I know that sounds weird. You, you know, you just
2: feel like you shouldn't have to.
1: Yeah, like you're wasting, you're wasting my energy.
2: If that's the case, then maybe. And this is, we're speaking, we're speaking so, um, generically here that like, we're just barely, we're like in the dark touching an idea here. But if, if you're finding yourself having to have contentious, more contentious moments than not with people in your life, then maybe you need to reevaluate why you're associating with people that are causing so much contention and very little of anything else. Maybe it's a necessary thing. Like if it's a boss or something, you don't have a choice or. But if it's if they're friends, alleged friends that are causing like tremendous amounts of contention with very little positive emotion, and many of us have that in our lives, and we just they're just friends from childhood that we've just never re evaluated the relationship, but we just expect to be around people and they're draining, like you know, energy vampires. Uh, yeah. so I don't know, that's all. I'm not, I'm not giving you advice or anything, I'm just thinking, no, no, about it. you're
1: fine, you're fine. Man. <laughs> Let me, let me tell you another story. Sorry, I see Nick is about to say something, but I, it's it's like I'm trying to open a door to, uh, you know, I need to use my key for a uh, the pool room key, okay? So you need your key to open the, the door and someone sees that I pull out my keys and they right away on the other side say, oh, let me get that for you. And then I already pulled out my key and I say, oh, no, I'm okay. And they say, no, 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 I'm going to get that for you. In my mind, I'm like, you're draining me. I have to say no again. And and I just give up. I'm like, just open the damn door. You know, I don't say that to them, but I'm just like, man. And that's what irritates me. It's like, dude, I already said no. Why do you got to make me speak up again? And to another person, they'll say, oh, but their intentions, they're trying to help you. Yeah, I know. But dude, it's 50 times that I have to say no to people. I'm tired of it. L- leave me alone. And I get irritable. That's the truth. That's what happens to me. And I get I it. People are being nice, you know. So,
2: are you t- are you talking to anybody, if I may ask? Anyone specifically? Like like, like a like a, a therapist, psychologist.
1: Oh man, I believe in counselors all the way. Yeah. Even if you have no issues, you speak to counselors. Yeah. I'm on a break right now. I'm not talking to anyone. I believe that's a good thing too. You no, see oh someone, for sure. Yeah. Six months, you oh, take yeah. a break. Yeah. Oh, I big believer of that.
2: For sure but the I'm, reason why i ask sorry no no yeah. no. go you for it to talk
1: no no i'm always oh, talking j-
2: just because uh it seems like it's inevitable to have those kinds of experiences so ultimately all you can control is your reaction to it ultimately or you're just going to suffer more if you don't learn to because it's, it's an inevitable part of the human interaction like it's
1: so yep. yeah what should i do breathe through it is that what you're gonna tell me to do? Breathe I'm not giving through? you advice. No, man. <laughs> no, I know, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, what yeah. would someone tell me to, Terry, just realize just just oh shut up. It happens all the time. It's it's every day is a test for me. That's what it is. I can I can tell you what I have done,
0: uh, similar situation, people with doors again, um, trying to open a door, uh, the kind of door that pulls out so you can go into a space. Um I had a, somebody wanted to, you know, go around me to to open the door. And I said, um, you know, I have to struggle now because you're not always going to be around. I said, well, I, you said, know, I, I appreciate you trying to help, but I got to figure this out because ultimately end of the day, it's me in the chair. You know, I can't just sit outside the store like I hope somebody comes along because I don't know how to open a door.
2: You know. Going I agree with what you're saying, going back to what, what we spoke of earlier with Viktor Frankl. Um, I have a book also by Marcus Aurelius called Meditations. I don't know if you've heard of Marcus Aurelius, but uh, he's a philosopher, stoicism. Essentially, what I'm saying is, and this is not advice, this is just the fact of the matter is like, and I tell this to my fiance all the time, I tell this to myself, and it's not easy to digest. But it's just the situation is the situation is people have autonomy and they'll react in ways that will cause negative emotion in us. And there's nothing we can do and people will be unfair and they'll try to spite us and they may act maliciously and some people won't. And some people will just act and as a result, the domino effect will negatively impact your life. And the situation is, however the situation is, um, in this in this specific case of someone holding a door for you or saying or reaching over your head, the situation happened, but then there's the other part of it where there's your reaction to it. And ultimately, it wasn't fair that it happened to you. It was shitty and the person acted ignorantly but in the end now you can sit with that emotion negatively and suffer and stew and ultimately feel more negative emotion or you could try your best to say if it's already happened and we're now at a stage past that in the present moment uh, still process it I'm not saying don't process it and this isn't advice this is just it's like your options are you can like live with every negative emotion and hold on to it for as long as possible and then at some point reach a ripe old age and die or recognize maybe in between these negative moments where people are very disrespectful to me i could find a little bit of solace in the present moment and try to remind myself that it's not just negative moments negative moment because it's also it's just time like times are falling through the hourglass regardless of how we interpret it i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah, who knows man who knows yeah,
1: you're good you're good you know in these groups that i facilitate i yeah. the number one rule is no one should give any advice so yeah, it's not advice. This is not no, no, no. advice. You're good, bad. The fact that you're that's always fine. like, I'm not giving advice. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's music no, to my ears, bro. Big interesting, <laughs> interesting points to make. That's all.
2: Yeah. It's just like the day's gonna be the same 24 hours. Yeah. So like at some point, it's just it's really tiring to feel constant negative emotion. I don't know. Yeah. I try well, to I try to take back some autonomy. That's all. When
0: when someone cuts me off in traffic, I, it doesn't ruin my day. Right. There are some people where it's like that's that's the right. But they get cut off and their whole day is screwed up from there on out because the guy cut me off in traffic and, and I was, you know,
1: I go, "Oh, okay. I'm so glad I don't drive anymore." I, I don't know. Cuz hey, did you uh did you get engaged before? Uh sorry, what what a silly question. <laughs>
2: are you asking me?
1: Yeah, you got engaged. You just said you have fiance. Yes. So- uh, was the recent thing? Okay, uh, uh,
2: okay, okay. couple okay. years, maybe. maybe a I year. know, you,
1: I know, you've been with her for a long time, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you obviously got diagnosed <laughs> well after you met her.
2: Uh technically, I guess. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had it before, but I was diagnosed. Well, I was diagnosed yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, I was diagnosed yeah, before. Oh, were you? Okay. I cool. met her when I was okay. eighteen. I got diagnosed when I was about thirteen or so.
1: Oh, damn! You got diagnosed yeah. young.
2: Yeah. Twelve or thirteen, I think maybe wow. something okay. like that yeah okay. i was on antidepressants that young like i was on ativan that young man we could go down the rabbit hole like there's just I, ibs there's obsessive compulsive disorder there's anxiety depression like it goes the
1: waters run deep dude i'm i'm really sorry for even labeling you with ibs i know you have gosh. other shit i have other shit too people think ms is my main problem but just like yeah you know, i have anxiety man i have shit behind closed doors that nobody knows about I'm an open book. I'll speak of it. But just because I'm in a chair, everyone assumes, oh, his legs don't work. Or to some people, oh, his mind doesn't work,
2: which is insane. But yes, uh, yes. (laughs) I I think. I don't really look at any of it as labels, like you're just Terry. I love you, bro. I love you, too. But it's just like you're just you're just the you're the tech guy. You're like the tech wizard. I see you doing rock climbing now. Like I just associate people (laughs) sort of with their actions. I don't know. That's how I've always sort of been. Like, people are sort of what they do, a compendium of the things that they do. I don't know. But uh, in regards to, like, the... You can only react, I guess, because... Ultimately, there's going to be a lot of time that you spend with yourself in your head. And if it's a lot of negative self-talk, or if it's always negative self-talk, it's not going to be a very nice place to be. And you're still going to be forced to be there, whether you like it or not. But the time that you're going to spend there, which is going to suck is going to be most of your life experience. I think most of the time is probably spent in your head in between moments with people. And uh, if you don't learn to, I guess, address the negative self-talk, it just becomes a a lot harder. You're still going through the same difficulties and challenges that other people may go through, uh, whether it's MS, whether it's slipping on ice, whether it's having a cold piece of toast when we were expecting it to be hot. it's just, I guess, your interpretation of it that makes it a, more difficult. You know, mm-hmm. people are unfairly uh, hit by cars or diagnosed with illness or and it sucks and it's not fair and good bad things happen to good people. And it's obvious. It's all obvious. But I guess all we have is our interpretation at the end of the day. That's what I got away from Viktor Frankl's man search for meaning. At the end of the day, the one thing they can't take is your interpretation. Like everything else can be robbed from you, your health, your money your everything. But at least you have your interpretation to life, and mm-hmm. I don't know. You
1: know, it's great, man. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's making sense to me, man. Um, I listen. I listened to a guy who said, "the the
0: moments that you have to worry about are not the uh, not the moments at Disneyland. The moments true. are breakfast, lunch, and dinner because it happens every day if you're lucky." And it's how you handle and treat the mundane, which is 80 to 85% of your life is the mundane. It's your, the routine of your day. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. So he said, don't worry about the Disney moments. Worry about the mundane.
2: Yeah. Like the micro conversations you have day to day and the micro thoughts, if you can start paying attention to those, that's like life. That's the majority of life.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And, uh, I suck at it. I really do. Oh man, I suck at it. But I'm trying.
0: But I will say this. Okay. So you say that and I will counter with according to whom?
2: Me. I'm my harshest critic. Yeah. No, and, and, and when I deal with stuff though, like Terry talks about, like it's easy for me to say, like, just, you know, it's your interpretation of it. But it still sucks in the moment. And I still struggle with it in the moment. But I still try to tell myself, I ultimately am making this worse on myself because. You know, if someone did cut me off, I'm still thinking about it. It's over. And I could at least try to be present with my loved one. I'm sitting here trying to watch a show and I'm still thinking about what happened to me earlier today. And this moment's not going to last forever. We're not going to live forever. I should be appreciating the time that I'm spending because it's supposed to be a nice moment. And I'm thinking about what happened earlier today. So that's, that's all. I'm just, I'm only disservicing myself. We're only disservicing ourselves by robbing these precious moments, by thinking about things that we can't control.
0: Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a video on yeah. Instagram that it's the title of the video is called Don't Worry, Nobody Cares. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and oh. It's all about how the person that you interact with is not going to remember you and doesn't like, so you go to the store, you go to the Tim Hortons. I guess that's a coffee place that I mm-hmm. keep hearing about. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. you go to the Tim Hortons, you get your coffee. The person you bought the coffee from isn't going to remember you and doesn't care about your struggles. So it's don't true. worry, just go about your day.
2: But I obs- obsess, like I obsess oh, oh, yeah. over it. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I have obsessive yep. compulsive disorder, and it's like that's what it is. Like, sure. Oh, my God. But I mean, it's, it sucks. Like, I, and I was at somewhere yesterday and I had a negative experience. And I was thinking about it all day and I'm trying to be, tell myself, like, it's so they forgot about you already, but I'm still thinking cause it was a negative experience. But I, but I, and I think back today, like, you wasted so much time yesterday that you could have enjoyed a nice summer day thinking about something that you're never 5 years isn't going to matter uh, 24 hours later it didn't matter but uh you know you still fall into that trap but at sure. least recognizing it is better than just never recognizing it
1: yeah are you going Sorry. to dwell on this conversation that we're having afterwards do you think about everything you talked about yeah dude i do yeah. that too i do that that's why i say that because i do that too and yeah i i'll remember stuff maybe like a couple hours later i'll be like oh my god i said that And, Uh, you know, at the beginning of the show, I barely made sense. Later on, I'll be like, oh, why? I didn't. I I I wouldn't even
2: listen to this
1: because I I
0: refused to listen to our first episode. That was rough.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't listen to anything. I can't listen to anything I say. Me too. God. Me too. Uh, Nick is like, hey, check it out. Let me know what I should change.
1: I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay, buddy. (laughs) It's good to go.
2: We're going to end this and I'm going to worry like, oh, did I say something? Did I offend them? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I hear you. It's still going to happen. I hear you. You're
1: fine. I swear oh I, I trust me this is this is why i'm in the show to make everyone else feel better when i'm like you know remember that one time i tried to pronounce that word i could never is exas- exas- oh, yeah. exacerbate. Exacer- Exa- exacerbate
2: exacerbate exacerbate something like that and yeah, i fucked me... it up
1: so bad and i'm like you know what just keep it
2: in there because dude i'm human this is the way i talk sometimes i make no not just sense. that though when someone mispronunciates a word most of the time it's because they read it you should you shouldn't discourage someone from reading. So if someone mispronounces a word, they probably read it, and that's why they're not pronouncing it, and it right. Yeah. And uh, you shouldn't discourage people from reading. That's all. So yeah.
1: Did you know that Nick is a part-time wheelchair user? I didn't know so that. There is other stuff that go with him, Tw- like twenty
0: hours a week. No, <laughs> 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 just part-time.
1: Like getting, I in don't his have car, any benefits. <laughs> right, getting out of the chair, getting into the yes. car.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have the ability to walk for a little bit. Uh, I usually have a cane or crutches. Um, but it's, uh, I get the side eye a lot when I stand up back at my car to put my wheelchair back in the car. And, uh, I usually just say, hallelujah.
1: Well, it's <laughs> As a miracle.
0: Now, actually my, I got Kit doing, I got my wife doing it now too. When I get out of the chair, she puts her hands up and goes, hallelujah. He's cured.
2: so it's little shit like that that people don't think about yeah that sucks i'm sorry to hear that that's i mean oh thanks but it's
0: okay i don't i had a woman i had a woman say out loud to her friend walking past um my vehicle as i was getting out she made a comment i put it on facebook years ago it was uh she lost half of her foot in vietnam and she was like, I lost half my foot in Vietnam and I ain't got no handicap placard. Okay, I, lady. I said, and I didn't say anything. And I was like, you know, I was so stunned by it. I was like, well, not everybody, you know, has that story, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but I wasn't going to argue with her. I wasn't going to tell you like, I don't know. So I love the handicap parking police. You know, there's, there's, yeah. the, the civilian patrol that wanders the parking lot looking for violators of the handicap spot because they think like just because I park five feet closer to the door that, you know,
1: I'm somehow like, more privileged than they are. I got a lady that I back in the day when I was still walking, I drove into a handicap spot, got out and a lady goes, yeah, you drive like you're handicapped. And I'm like, should I take offense to that? Is that That's kind of funny that she said that, but do I take offense to that?
2: Uh, this what does that mean? Control. Drive like your handicap? I don't know.
1: I guess okay. I drove aggressively into that parking spot. I see, uh, maybe
2: I did. I don't know, but I had a
1: handicap permit.
2: This is something I think of often, uh, in regards to like people that behave that way or say things like that, or and I wonder what what's their day to day like, um, in the yeah. sense that. I don't think they're, um if, if someone's either aggressive or says something ignorant or, or something crazy or out of line like that, I don't think they're they're otherwise highly functional or competent across the board. And then that's just one isolated incident. I think that's their life, which yeah. is like chaos. And that doesn't have to make you feel any better, but you have to at least recognize, and this could sound super ignorant when I say this, but... When you're not always dealing with a full deck of cards, sometimes you shouldn't take things as too heart, personally at least. It still hurts, but like, at least in Toronto, there's a lot of uh, severe mental illness, homelessness, mm-hmm. schizophrenia, screaming, things like that. So I've sort of become a little bit hardened when people are yelling things and saying things that like, if someone who I held in higher regard were to say something to me, it would hurt a little bit more than if some random stranger were to yell something. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I hear what you're
0: saying. Yeah, like you don't, like you don't
2: rank. You can say whatever you want because your opinion doesn't matter. I get it. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Right. But uh, ultimately, I guess, uh, I guess this is my coping mechanism. That's definitely what it is. It's an unhealthy coping mechanism, but it's that ultimately try to dismiss that which I have no control over. Otherwise, my personal existence is a living nightmare. So I try to. It's called the Wu Wei. Have you ever heard of the Wu Wei? No. I have. So my understanding of the you Wu have? Wei. Wu Wei. Uh, yeah. The Wu Wei. Yeah, I'm just the Fob. Okay. No, no. It's from like I I, I actually learned out of from the Tao of Pooh, which is uh Winnie the Pooh. It's Taoism explained through Winnie the Pooh. And the way they explain the Wu-Way is that you're a cork in water, in the sense that no matter how much force you try to push a cork underwater, the cork just goes with the flow of water, it bounces, it floats amongst the water, whatever current. The water pushes; the cork just moves through the water effortlessly. They said, right. if we're the cork and water, and the life, and the resistance, and the comments, and everything else is is water, if we can learn to just go with whatever the flow that comes at us, and we just accept it as it is and allow it to pass through us the way the water passes okay. through the cork, life will there'll be a lot less resistance in life. But we tend to have our egos and get offended and take things personally, so life is hard, rightfully so. We should have a little bit of self respect, but. Ultimately, life is water. Comments come, nice comments come, negative comments come, situations come. And if we accept it all, it's just passing like water. It comes and it goes, and more will come and more will go in the grand scheme, at least. And again, coping mechanisms for me, I try to recognize like this is just part of the water. This will pass, the good will pass, the bad will pass, the comments will pass, the negative comments will pass, the negative feelings will pass, but so will the good feelings. So try to appreciate the good feelings and recognize why you're in the negative feelings and in the trenches. It sucks, but uh, at some point it'll be a memory. It always is a memory. I can remember other terrible times. So, uh,
1: I'm so glad to have Lauren, the life coach, on with us today. This is
2: not this is not a life <laughs> coach. Just, it's uh, all, This is my coping mechanism. Like this, this is, is me not being able to afford therapy and trying <laughs> to As say this
0: is this is uh, this is free therapy. Thank. This is and me technology talking to myself. You're great, bro. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm fully on board with what you just said about that because it's the. It's the pursuit of, uh, it's the pursuit of sanity and serenity amongst the chaos.
2: That's all it that, is.
0: Like there's yeah. no other option. Yep. That's uh. That's why in my bio uh, on Instagram it says, uh, riding the wave of terror, trying to get a tan. <laughs> I love that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're trying to do. We're all just trying to hold it together.
2: Oh, we're just kicking, man. We're we're like we're like dogs paddling in an ocean of terror all the time. But and yeah, if... Wu Wei is very powerful if you Ugh. set your mind to it and listen to it. And it's not easy, but it's no. all no. there is, in my opinion. Yep. Oh boy.
0: And it's and it's another thing is is realizing that your worth is more than the comment that's coming at you. Of course. That's huge. It's everything. So it's you know, it's it's having this armor up, so to speak, to say that. Not that you're going to deflect the comment. Not that you're not going to absorb the comment. It's just you're going to absorb the comment and you're going to let it flow back out. You're not going to keep it. You're not going to hang on to it.
2: Yes, um, and, and that's tough. It is tough. Certainly tough. And I, and I think when you are when you have a visible, for lack of a better words, excuse me, ignorance, like a visible disability when you're in a chair or something, I feel like that's a, like a little bit of a chink in your armor where you're fighting in a negative deficit compared to someone that doesn't have something that's visible like that, uh, okay. where. It's a little bit harder. You're already coming from. I feel like you're already coming from mentally and more of a negative deficit, where you're a little bit more self-conscious. Maybe I'm wrong. It just seems like that way. If you if you don't, I feel like if you're born into life like that, you don't know any different. But when you become diagnosed later in life, and it's an adjustment now, and you're not used to it, and you you yourself have to come to terms with this different life now. I imagine everything now has to pass through that filter. So a lot of the advice that I'm giving as someone that's by dumb luck and no other reasoning, have not in a situation like you guys are in. Uh, it's probably easier for me to say it. And I'm certainly aware of that.
1: Just, I totally get what you're saying. Just so you know, being in the chair, I feel my problems are solved. I feel. Yeah. I've said this many times. I feel like I'm grateful because when I was in Nick's position, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's walking, not walking. When he's walking, his mind. Maybe his mind is is okay, but when I was walking, my mind was, where's the next chair? Uh is this guy gonna start talking to me? Uh, gonna, gonna use the washroom soon. You know, my mind was just racing and I couldn't focus. I, I was see. I was really being tormented when I was standing up, when I was walking. Um, and so I was it's like ripping to... the band-aid off. Totally, man. And no one told me, you need to sit in a chair, you need to relax. So I kept fighting through it. And it was torture. It really was. And now I'm like, I'm so relaxed. I'm in a chair. I'm like, I'm good. And people tend to come up to me before they go to a guy in a walker. They come to me and say, do you need any assistance? And I, I'll say, no, look at the guy in the walker. Right. He probably should use a chair. He just doesn't use a chair because he's feeling ashamed, Like he's yeah, going to give up. I can tell you that
0: when I do use the chair, which is often, I agree with Terry. It's kind of like, okay, the weight is off. I my, I can convert my thinking to how I'm going to, what I have to do, why I'm out, where I'm going. But when I'm walking, it's left foot. Did it stay right foot? Did it stay left foot? Is it on the ground? Right foot. How's my balance left foot. Okay. That was weird. Okay. Right foot. All right. Switch hands with the cane because my balance <laughs> shifted. Like that's the thought, like I'm thinking step, step. That's what I think.
2: Not right. So I, it, it does solve a bit. That's I'm happy to hear that. Is there a point where, or does the does it eventually go away when you first become diagnosed? Like, I imagine, like anything, Uh when, even if you're on crutches. My girlfriend, uh, her fiancé now, she uh, dislocated her knee once, and she was on crutches for months. And when, especially when you first start, there's no way. I feel like when you adapt something like that, crutches, cane, anything, you're like, everybody's looking at me. This is different. I'm, I'm standing out because I'm different from the majority of people that don't have crutches, canes, or whatever else. Does that Terry, go away?
0: Terry, what's your experience? I'll say mine, but what, what, how, how did – your first adventure out in the, in the
1: chair. I know you talked about I it. I with forget, the coffee. I'm in a chair. Now I forget I'm in a chair. You forget it. So it goes that's away. Chair. That's wonderful. It's different. It's different than a crutch. I don't know. A crutch seems temporary,
2: yeah. temporary, but you forget so, you're in a chair though. Like if, when you adapt, you adapt totally. your brain just that's I, awesome.
1: I'll accept orders and the guy will look at me. Maybe he'll hesitate and I won't take it. Like it's a chair. I'll forget that I'm in a chair. I'm like, Oh, what happened? Is there something on my face? Wow, and then later I'd like oh awesome. he he probably got freaked out that I'm in a chair. And he's like, "Oh, is this guy going to take the order? Is he capable?" I don't know. So, it's I, normal to me now. Yes, it's been two years, 3 years. So, but it wasn't. It took it took a good year and a half to yeah. transition, you know. I don't know how uh, Nick is because
0: I'll say that when I first started using the cane, it, I was out I was uh, I was on vacation. I had not I had didn't even own a cane, but I was out on vacation, already diagnosed, already struggling with some mobility issues. Um, But I was walking down this like uh, corridor of shops, and I made it about twenty five percent of the way in, and I said I said to kid I said I can't I can't balance anymore, and I can't walk like I'm stuck right here like I can't move. So she went into a store and bought a cane. It just happened to be right there. And uh, I started using the cane and I felt weird for a couple of days, but it kind of, that kind of <laughs> went away once I didn't struggle anymore. Cause I was like, you know what? I need it. I don't care. Um, but it took me a long time to not be public with the wheelchair, but be extroverted with the wheelchair so like people in my circle knew that i used the chair but i was like i don't take my picture or i don't you know the picture in the wheelchair came much later than actually using the wheelchair and i don't know why i think it was the ego probably but i was like i don't want anyone to see me like that but now i'm like i don't i I came to the realization that and i've said it a, a number of times that you don't get paid extra to struggle.
2: That's very well said. So just use what
0: you need to. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's a chair or, you know, if you're someone that needs a colostomy bag or if you're someone that needs, you know, full time care support or power chair or whatever the case may be. If you're somebody that needs to use the bathroom every fifteen minutes, you know, it doesn't matter. Just use the tools because they're there.
2: That's why they were invented. I'm happy to hear that. Like that Part of your brain sort of uh, becomes numb. That self consciousness after you do it for long enough. Because uh, do you guys either? Of you guys have social anxiety? I
0: not
1: necessarily. I gotta say, no. Well, you're both I extroverts, no. yeah. sort of.
2: But Terry sort of seems to like dance in between.
1: I yeah, man. I just I overthink. That's all it is. Yeah. I don't have social anxiety, but I overthink after the interaction.
0: I, I do that too so I the, do that the too. next
1: time yeah the next time i say okay i gotta settle down and which obviously you know changes the way i act around people because i'm always thinking
0: i was terrified to publish the first episode like mm-hmm. i sat in front of the laptop with my hand on the mouse for like 10 minutes like oh i don't want to put this <laughs> out there i don't want to do this i think that's like, normal the show was done and like yeah and everything and i'm like oh, i don't know man that's scary i don't know if i want to do it <laughs>
2: yeah well I, th- I think it's not a bad thing at least it's being self-critical at least you'll aim for a higher a higher yeah. uh, standard as long as it's healthy self self-criticism you know
0: and and thanks to the algorithm on instagram honestly because once i did that my entire feed was people like me it
2: was that's nice
0: you know it was like once i started searching all these ms terms and doing all this stuff and wheelchairs and crutches and all my whole feed was showing me that i am way i'm for sure not alone in how
2: i go through life that's nice it's nice that people are doing that there's like social media exists for that reason good the good side of the internet absolutely yeah well, the internet's certainly connected a lot of people and allowed support and information and access to information it's crazy like you don't think about i mean there's so much uh on the news negative connotation associated with social media or the internet but overall it's more positive than negative
1: sure
0: there's no money in telling you the good news that's true
2: well if it bleeds it leads that's it you got it yeah (laughs) the bleeds that leads if it bleeds it leads meaning it's a leading story if it bleeds if if there's like someone got a hit by a car or something it's a leading story on the front page that'll sell papers yeah. That's how it goes. People yeah. want, they want the, if there's a riot, people want like the guy hit by a brick that sells papers. Yeah. 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 Yep. We're morbid.
0: And yep. they want to justify that they're doing it right. They want to go, Oh, I must be doing it right because I'm not that guy. Right. Or, true. You know, <laughs> true. Oh,
2: <laughs> are you a fan of the Eagles? Am I a fan of it? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course I, I, don't... I am. I don't watch football. My brother's obsessed with NFL. I don't, I don't watch sports. He, but I know the Eagles fans are diehards. So I love
0: my hometown team. I also – so I exist in a dual existence. My, I'm a Saints fan from New Orleans. Uh, my favorite team growing up because uh, my, when I was young, I asked my dad, uh, what was the worst team in football? And he said, well, that's the Saints. And at the time, they were real bad and um so i said i want to be i want to be a fan of that because i didn't know anything about football i said i to be a fan of them so that when they win the super bowl i could say i was there at their worst yeah underdog yep so but i I love the eagles uh philadelphia fans have a love-hate relationship if you're doing good and you're trying your hardest we love you but if you're just phoning it in and not giving it your 125 percent and or if we're paying you a lot of money and you're not producing, <laughs> we hate you. <laughs> it's fair.
2: It's uh, um, we hold we hold
0: our players to a standard. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, you guys are. Uh, I mean, I love I love watching the excitement. Like I've never been to an Eagles game, but I've uh I've definitely been downtown when they've been going on, and you guys are quite, very rowdy. But it's a good energy. Like when you're not rioting, when you're not when you're not burning police cars, it's a really good energy. <laughs> uh, so
0: <laughs> it's very expensive to go to an Eagles game now. I just heard that for a family of four. Uh, to attend one game, it's uh, almost seven hundred dollars. Whoa, that's crazy! So that's four tickets, four hot dogs, four sodas, and four ice creams, or something like that. Like seven hundred dollars. Yeah. That's insane. But I, I remember the old stadium, before this one, um, when it was a we had a we had an actual prison in the basement. Whoa, you, you can look that up. Uh, there were so many fights rowdy people yeah and so much disorderly conduct that um they actually uh elected a judge just to deal with all those cases just for the football games it that doesn't that's so philly there was a prison there was literally a <laughs> holding cell in the bottom of the stadium they would put you in till the end of the, till the judge was done because the judge wouldn't hold court until the game was over right you wouldn't He wouldn't see the game.
2: the game yep <laughs> <laughs> oh that's the most philly thing i've ever heard yep oh my god wow <laughs> terry are you a sports fan
1: Um, uh, when they're the uh in the uh, playoffs yeah fun fun i'm not not really you know i i do i enjoyed basketball back in the day uh i was into the raptors and stuff like that but i'm not a true high true hard fan at all. Yeah? and i'm a a very uh a flyers fan for sure yeah
0: i don't follow hockey very much but a flyers fan for sure
1: oh <laughs> oh boy there's a fight between the Eagles and the 49ers. Yeah. That's tame, man. Yeah. Oh, there's something in the air there. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> it's an alien. why you gotta no, why
0: no, I you gotta
2: highlight I a... gotta highlight that. <laughs> X file theme plays. <please. laughs>
1: okay. Ooh. Sorry.
0: Okay. I'll be watching that later. We're very passionate.
2: there in philly they they grease the poles because people i think climb the light poles so they They put grease on them but people still climb them even with the grease they figure out ways to climb them (laughs) yep i love it man well it's not
0: okay so they they that is true they do there is the city public works department does actually go around and paint grease onto the poles but they forgot that regular dawn dish soap is a grease cutter so they just wash their hands and then the grease goes away (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness but honestly a lot of the times what you're seeing is not people who live in philadelphia you're seeing people who live in the surrounding areas kind of like where i live right that go into philly and cause all this trouble and then right. leave. so it's, right it's not actually always philadelphians who are doing it so fair but, i imagine i imagine it's, it's
2: ha- chaos that happens you know, in every people. city where they come, oh of yeah.
0: course yeah, yeah of course they cause shit yeah. i mean you wouldn't destroy your own neighborhood you gotta live there
2: true 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 so philadelphia yeah, is a beautiful place like it's a lot of history
0: yeah it's a ton of stuff i have a i have a couple of friends who actually work for the um uh i guess it's the bar street department but they're um they're tour guides wow uh for like the liberty bell and independence hall and stuff like that so
1: on that note Lorne is a writer uh he comes out with uh, many stories and nick his wife just came out with a book published a
0: book actually she's about to launch number two number two's finished that's awesome so, so all those questions that you have terry are about to be answered in the next six months
2: yeah kind of what uh, what genre uh it is fiction romance oh that's huge that's probably the biggest genre in literature
0: fiction romance and she's now working on a murder mystery and she has a sci-fi wow that's awesome yeah she's definitely we're as a matter of fact
2: we're in her studio wow so she 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 only does in book format she doesn't have a blog or anything correct as of yet yeah, it's just uh, she
0: she published like hard co- or not hardback but paperback. She published the first book. Terry has it
2: somewhere. Actually, mm-hmm. no, you gave it to Katrina, didn't you? Yes. So I was Katrina just about to say. It.
1: Yeah, I don't have it
2: yet. She so had she... too. I told you. Yeah, go ahead. How'd she figure it all out? Like like there's so much, so many layers to, to getting it published and editing it, publishing it. Is she on Amazon? Is like.
0: Well, hang on a sec. Let me back up here. Let me grab it. <clears throat>
2: how do you yeah. even design the cover like where do you where do you even how do you get it binded there's so many layers
1: you know what when i started reading it i started reading it out wow. of respect for nick and his uh wife and then uh after the second chapter i'm like yeah i gotta continue and i'm not <laughs> just saying that you know what i mean oh yeah you could have lied to me and you could have told me it was ask Lauren, not like, read it. He, he writes these things and he's like oh the audio is coming out on sunday or friday i'm like i'll wait for the audio <laughs>
2: You much prefer to listen. I understand that.
1: But I do read. Don't get me wrong. But if there's an audio format, I'm like, yeah, because I can multitask too. Right, right, right. I get it. So, so that's... really. If there the, wasn't, uh, I would read... I read the first one, I think, and then I heard the audio was coming out. I'm like, damn, I'll wait for the next one for the audio.
0: Um, She yeah. actually went under contract with Fulton Books and they handled pretty much everything when it comes to binding and stuff like that, doing all that stuff.
2: Awesome. Wow. So, It was
0: a... It was a bit of money to go with a publisher but there was a bunch of stuff
2: there was a bunch of issues that they solved. And um, like uh she, they designed it and stuff too.
0: Uh they sent her things to approve. Neat. Said, That's awesome. this is this is the font we want to use. They said like pick one of these 3 fonts. Then they said pick one of these 3 artworks. You know, they kind of did it that way.
2: Oh, so I never knew how the process work. That's neat. That's inc- to have something to start with just an idea and then manifest it into a physical book is like 15 years it took her to write the book not because the idea didn't come because life
0: got in the way she started writing and then i went to work we had kids the fan you know raising a family then the diagnosis then like just life but then once everything kind of blew up it was kind of like oh shit, what do we do and she was like her mother passed away and to process that grief, she just started writing again. So
2: the book came out as a result of that. That's awesome. Wow, that's yep. a good story. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yep. Did she always want to be a writer? Because you said she had a bakery originally.
0: She did have a bakery. Uh, did she always want to be a writer? She always wrote and uh, and not just like randomly. There was always a purpose for her writing. Like mm-hmm. she always was like, oh, I'm going to write this story or I have this idea. So it just kind of life found it its way down that path. I mean-
2: wow that's amazing
0: yeah i think well she didn't always want to be a writer she always wanted to be a dancer oh um, she was very involved in the dance community shortly before i met her um but then again
2: life kind of took a different course so it's fascinating when people because that's a very i'll say it's more of an obscure profession when you meet someone that does something like that like whether it's a pianist or someone like, like, like these are because most people you meet in my day today at least are like they're like accountants or right. doctors so like when you meet someone that does something like even like a bakery is like more obscure for me and i find that stuff so fascinating because someone's got to do it someone's a author someone's a pianist someone's a baker but uh, do you guys play video games ever you know what an npc is oh my god yeah. do mm-hmm. it okay one of my
1: What's favorite up? movies is the pianist sorry go ahead
2: no <laughs> <laughs>
1: you there's a lot that. of jokes in there but
2: I'll say okay. it later All but, right. um, <laughs> Thanks, buddy. but um, it <laughs> just seems like to me and this is I'm a psycho it seems like to actually have a profession it just seems like it's like an NPC like just day-to-day like people that work in bakeries or the fire department or the police like, they're just saying they're not real people but they're, they are obviously the real people but yep. it just seems like just a service it doesn't seem like someone dedicates their life to like making the best bread It just seems like bread is just always there, but someone's got to grow the bread. Someone's got to till the soil. Someone's got to figure out the soil science. There's so many layers to make life what life is. And we just expect bread to just show up when I go to the store. But like, and uh, I think we just take it for granted that like, I find it so fascinating and I appreciate those jobs even more. I think when someone's a baker or a plumber or an electrician, because they make like the world, the world, like accountants are important and the bureaucrats are important and lawyers are important, but like, the people that just make sure the light switches you can cross the street without getting hit by a car, like those jobs I find so fascinating. And you don't hear, you don't meet those people very often.
0: And see, I approach it from a sense of I was a public servant. Yeah. And to me, it's a foreign concept that you don't want to go to work to help other people. Fair, (laughs) fair. So like, I it doesn't correlate in my brain that your job is to like my my mom, for example, was thirty-five years in accounts payable and receivable, raising it raised a family, had a whole life, but the whole thing was moving numbers from this column to that column. hmm And I to me that was like
2: I can't get it. Like I I need to be where the action is.
0: Right. With people. You know? So
2: Yeah, it's different. I mean, I don't know, some people are people my 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 fiance needs to be around people it's it's he gets very energizing being around people i guess you guys are extroverts that's why you guys are mm-hmm. selfless people you're extroverts you gain energy being around other people i find it draining
1: <laughs>
2: you guys aren't so bad but like uh yeah, thanks well it's just something about oh, shucks <laughs> <laughs> something about being around especially like people that i you guys are sort of uh you're sort of a line uh interest wise and stuff so it's a little less draining but when i have to just go out and just talk to the person to get coffee or just visit my fiance's work and i have to just talk to the people that she works with something about it is very draining to me i just prefer to be alone or just be with numbers or just inanimate things and uh i i hold in high regard people like yourselves not only coexist, but thrive in social environments or make the world a better place. Because I do like when you guys make a comment to me, like, I hope you have a great rest of your day. I won't say it first, but it makes my day better when you say it, but I'm just too shy to say it. So you guys are doing a service and I hold you guys in such high regard because people like you that are willing to go the extra effort, make the world much nicer than it otherwise would be. Uh, it's Terry, a long, long way to end the show
0: right there, Terry. I think we should just end the show I'm right sorry. on that. No, it's okay. That's <laughs> the a compliment. I always try to end on a compliment. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I very ap- appreciate those comments, and you know, add to that drain. Imagine if you had to go out and deal with all those people, and then explain to your story to everyone who wants to know why you use a cane at 33 years old, or why you're in a wheelchair in your 40s, or you know, so for. People who have a, a visible sign of their illness are then additionally burdened with explaining when someone says, "So what happened?" or "So what'd you do?" or "Did you mess your knee up?" or any of the questions that they try to engage with and get a response for. Why what about you use what you when use. you
1: bring your cane in somewhere and then you forget it, leaning against the table? Doesn't happen often, but it. Ha- it I've gone back.
0: Then you feel like, ah, now they all think I'm faking it. Yes. Seriously, that's the thought. It's like, I didn't do that yet.
2: That's why this podcast is so important. I think when you guys talk about this stuff, so transparently, I think you give a perspective that people wouldn't otherwise recognize. You guys are doing this. I said this before to Terry many times. You guys are doing a great service to not just those that suffer with these conditions, but those that don't because you're – I mean, no one talks about it. So now you're, you're allowing people to understand a perspective that otherwise they never know.
0: And I think the ancillary uh, benefit of that is there's people in my life now who listen to the show, who now approach me in a more uh, realistic way. They don't come guarded with, I got to be careful with what I say, because Nick has MS and if I say the wrong thing, it might upset him. Now they listen to the show and they go, oh, he's still him. He just has this thing that really sucks
2: they shouldn't be treated like anybody else. Right? Which isn't always nicely. That's something that like, I mean, what I've realized is if you almost brush people off, the same, if you brush, if you don't treat someone with a disability with kit gloves and you brush them off the same way you brush anybody else off, sometimes they respond better to that because you're just treating them like anybody else. They're not special. There's nothing special about them. But it's hard to, it's, I don't know. That's my mentality. Like if you're just like any other person, just no you don't stand out in a line. Some people would prefer that, I think.
1: So mm-hmm. what about someone who wants to show me in a chair some respect? So when they want to talk to me, just listen to this before you say anything. When they want to talk to me, they sit down in a chair next to me so they can be in my eye level. Someone, Is- someone said to me, do you find that respectful? Because I find that disrespectful. And if you think about it, yeah. kind of. Kind of disrespectful. Yeah, it's kind of a weird feeling when they. It's almost like they're sitting down to talk to a child.
2: Well, I'll tell you why I thought it was disrespectful. Because yeah. I didn't think about it. I just, yeah. I would just talk to you. You're just Terry. But yeah. as soon as I have to sit down now, I'm having to put the wheelchair as part of Terry. It's part of Terry's identity. In order for me to talk to him, in his I. Otherwise, it's just Terry. If you're shorter, I just wherever your eyes are, I meet your eyes. You're, if you're right. shorter. Whether you're sitting, if I were to come into a restaurant and you're already sitting down. I wouldn't expect yeah. you to get up. I would just, and if I was standing or if I wasn't eating with you, and I just saw you in a restaurant. I would stand yeah. while you sat down. That's how we would talk. I, I wouldn't. So I sort of agree with that person going the extra effort despite yeah. having good intentions.
1: Oh, you're a short person. Least, Hold on one second. Let me get a chair.
2: It sort of seems, in yeah. a convoluted way. I don't know. At least to me, a little, a little uh, demeaning. But maybe I'm crazy.
1: <laughs> if we're just thinking too much, if we're just gonna yeah. pick on every little thing.
2: Yeah, I because I just my experience with you was just talking to you, yeah. regardless of whether you're sitting, standing, or anything else. So as soon as I start interpreting that, for me yeah. at least, uh, it gets a little. I, I,
1: I would think, okay, yeah, that's respectful. Like I, I've never had someone do that to me, but when someone mentioned that's disrespectful, and I'm like, oh, you know what? Thinking so is it, it though?
2: Is it? What would you prefer?
1: I don't know. I I don't I I don't know. It really depends on. Their
2: ambiance. I won't lie to you. I got to feel out the person. Because I think talking about it is sort of, I, if we just go through them, if we just have a natural conversation, so whatever if, happens, if, happens. If they
1: were like, hey, do, do you want me to sit next to you? Or if they ask, maybe I, people, eh, I don't know what to say to that. I have to experience think, it more. Yeah. Now I'm thinking.
0: I, I don't expect people to change their normal routines and habits because I'm sitting in a wheelchair because I'm not changing mine.
2: Right. That's, so, I, I like that.
0: If you're standing and talking to me, I'm going to look up at you. If you're going to look down at me, that's fine. You're not looking down at me because you're looking down at me. You're looking down because I'm just physically shorter. Correct. That's so, correct. I don't know. I I don't want people to change their their habits and routines just because I'm sitting in a wheelchair or using a crutch. Just just acknowledge without saying I might be a half second slower or you know, just understand that I'm not going to be able to keep pace with you 100% of the time, but we don't need to talk about it.
2: Correct. But that, that goes through the subconscious filter of just existence. Right. right. The same way, like if there's someone a little bit older than you right. and you see their mic coming towards the door and you hold it, you already have the process, but the holds for a little bit longer than if they were a 20 year right. old running. But they, you don't really, that's so, that's so quick. It's such a quick subconscious thought. Like, I don't So know.
0: I don't get insulted if they sit down. I don't get insulted if they stand up or stay standing or whatever. I don't expect a waitress to sit down and take my order at the restaurant, and I don't find it disrespectful that she doesn't sit down to talk to me.
2: Right, and but normally I mean? they don't <laughs> anyways
0: for anybody. Right. right, exactly. So I don't expect right. her to change if I'm in a restaurant in a wheelchair just because I'm in a wheelchair.
2: Yeah, so that's what I mean by treating people normally. Sorry, Terry, yeah. go ahead. No, it's
1: okay. Hugs, hugs in a wheelchair, I don't like. When someone comes to me and goes, oh, can I give you a hug? I, I don't like it. It's awkward to me because they're coming here and they're bending over, so you know. And I feel uh, I don't want I them to, to break. The the it. Yeah, yeah, I turn yeah, to the this, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go like this. You're right, but I can't be like, "Hey, come to the side," and it just gets awkward. I do. I say, yeah. "Come over here. Come over here. Know. Get around it's my like, feet." It's a compliment when they're like, "Can I give you a hug or whatever?" I'm like, yeah, of course, yeah, sure. But it just—it's such a burden because I'm thinking about their back. I'm thinking their back so comes kind. down. I hate burdening people. I don't know what it is. I hate burdening people. And when they bend down, if I hear the slightest, you know (laughs) what I mean? Like, you know what I'll do? I'll I'll assist them. I'm like, there you go. It's so weird, man. I hate burdening people. I don't know what it is. And I'm not a nice guy. You're like, oh, he's such a nice guy. No, man. (laughs) You know why? Because if I burden someone, I think about it later. I dwell mm. on to that. That's my uh
2: mental eh, It sounds like you're being a nice guy,
1: <laughs> being thoughtful. I don't know.
0: I guess that, does that mean I'm not nice? Because I'm like, ah, just do whatever. F you both. Sorry. sorry.
2: No, I, I just think that I think
0: you don't have an expectation of people. Correct. I I, Correct.
2: Yeah, That's a healthy, it's definitely a healthier outlook. I would say not holding expectations is definitely healthier. I think Terry's, and this is coming from experience is Mm -hmm. dipping a little bit in neuroses, which is like where I, where where, that's my, that's my kingdom. I'm Mm -hmm. the king of neuroses. So that's why I say that. Like when you, when you think, when you take a, when you take an interaction you have with someone a step farther and you start thinking of it long after it's gone, that's being a little bit neurotic about it, I think. And we all, we were all in neurotic. Like there's like four pillars of like neurotic. uh, I don't remember what it is. You know, do you know what I'm talking? You guys know what I'm talking about? Mm we're all in all all in all of them but some are in more in a degree in one than others and I'm like super high in neurotic and uh introversion I think and you guys seem to be in extroversion uh more so as my fiance is my brother is um it's fascinating though when you just see like where you where you are on the spectrum of like the different uh, traits that make us all up because we're all a combination of the four and depending on what degrees we are in certain parts sort of make up a personality.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I, we think we're so individual, but at the end of the day, we are a little bit more uh, mechanical than we'd like to admit when you read psychology books, you're like, Oh, I'm not like I'm, I'm a person, but like at the same time, sort of a bit of a textbook.
0: I, I often would use the phrase for my daughters especially when they when they were a little younger i would say unfortunately you are not the first last or only person who's ever gone through this
2: right and it's 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 you're in good company yeah it's weird because it feels so personal Mm -hmm. but like we all experience it the same way that's why i think talking just sharing this and having this interaction is so important at least for me it's comforting to hear other people's experiences and while it may not all be exactly the same, like things you say about your experience, about people reaching over you, about other things, I can't relate literally. But the feeling of the experience is feels like a human experience, that that's something yeah. I could resonate with. And that's, so to go back to
0: what triggers, the thing that triggers me is when people dig their heels in on an ideal and refuse to hear the other side bear and just dismiss it immediately because it makes them uncomfortable to hear what someone's saying so i s- try to seek out people who don't think like me because i don't know why they think differently than me and i gotta know because i might be thinking wrong
2: that's fair i, I try to poke the bear all day long that's all i do so, is try to beca- just it's- because just because Taylor, sorry
0: yeah, no, no. You're it, it's it's that's exactly right. It's because you can be a hundred percent wrong and not know it. But you know you're a hundred percent right. True. <laughs> it's <laughs> insightful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man. More with, no more with Nick's
0: psychology hour after, <laughs> after this quick break.
2: <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh gentlemen, that was that's a lot of fun. I have to go at twelve thirty. I'm sorry, I didn't see how later. Oh, no, it it's perfect.
0: Yeah. Oh, we it's- went- Way over. Totally
2: fine. We're uh, totally fine. Is there anything I miss? I, I rambled you can always and rambled can, you can, and rambled. You can always come back. You can I always come that. back on the show. I really appreciate
0: that. You guys are just you guys just do the audio, right? We only do audio, yep. Available everywhere now, thanks to Terry. Apple. That's exciting.
1: Google. Spotify. Do you want to talk about where we can find your... Yes, plug your show. Because we'll uh, show your book. I mean... uh your book uh,
2: stories i do a podcast my brother the bronstein show you can find that on youtube it's on spotify uh, if you type in the bronstein show i think it'll come up on google i imagine we'll put, it,
1: we'll put it in our bio as well
2: i really appreciate that uh it's not edited it's we've probably said uh, we've definitely said things that we sh- are inappropriate it's not intentional it's just off the cuff and unedited uh, it's just my brother and I haven't found. I don't get to talk to him otherwise. It started because I never got. to He's he works so much. Our schedules are so conflicting. So I said if we could at least like find a time to lock in once a week. At least I get to see you and talk to you. And then it became a thing. So that's sort of what it is. But I didn't want to lose that. I didn't want to like commercialize. And say well, don't say these things we normally wouldn't joke about because people won't like it. Just I figured you'll find the right audience. And if people are genuinely hurt or offended by anything I say. Uh, uh, it's unfortunate, but I hope you can see my intention was never to do anything other than just have fun. It's never meant to be malicious or anything. I do walk the line though. I will say that. That's why I wanted to say that when I was promoting it because I do walk the line. So I'm like, you guys are really clean. You guys have said, you guys are really nice. And I'm shocked I'm on here because I'm a little bit inappropriate at times. <laughs> <laughs> the, all I, right.
1: Sometimes you say these little, uh, you you throw in a little joke and no one will catch it or Gerald, Jared won't catch it. And I will. I'm like, yo,
2: <laughs> that's all. But it's never meant an ill will. I've just grew up with like, you know, uh, Eddie Murphy, and I love Lenny Bruce, and a lot of these guys that push. They really push the envelope, but never meant yeah. any. Ill will. It was always just in the guise of humor. I'm so I was a really I'm long winded with everything I do. I'm sorry. But all right, but uh, all right. sessions, Doctor Botkor, horror stories. Like horror stories, you can. All the links will be here. If you're listening to this, just what, click the links. Where'd the name come from, Doctor? Dr. Botgore is a character I created. And, and the whole idea of it was that the stories, it's just a vehicle. He's a psychologist to like monsters and ghouls and goblins. And everybody needs help, including monsters. So they see him. And as he's interviewing them, they tell their story. And the story is essentially the story that you read. So sometimes it's an interview. Sometimes it'll start as an interview with chaos or Gaia, which is like Mother Nature. And sometimes it's just a note. So he'll just say this is a case file that I was studying and it'll be the story of the week or the story of the month. There's a new horror story every month. And by the time yeah. this comes out, I believe Lenny is my I, latest story.
1: One of his, the I, I, before we add this, one of his stories, the just in the beginning, he's talking about a girl that's ripping the skin off her nail or something like that. And I don't do well with gore at all. And it wasn't even gory, bro. It was just the initial part. And I was like, oh, this story is all gore. I'm not even going to read this and then it I was, told him like I couldn't read past that, and he's like,
2: "Oh, what's what's wrong with you? It's just a... I I didn't say what's wrong with you. I didn't say what's wrong with you. I didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> I but uh in that case it is gory though. This next one too. Lenny's super gory. They're gory. They're gross. But like in that one specific situation, the girl was biting her fingernails because she's anxious, and she just bites it down to the bed. And I know people that bite their nails till they bleed. They just bite them and chew them and chew their skin and that's all that was to imply is that she's like so anxious she just chews and chews at her at her fingernails, but yeah. it is gory. They're gory. <laughs> they're gross. This next story, Lenny coming out. Yeah, it's not for a faint of heart. It's it's pretty bad. It's gross. But if that's what you like,
1: I'm getting better. Like I can't watch movies like Saw. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just oh oh relax. So
2: yeah, I'm fascinated with um like why write about that stuff. I'm fascinated with suffering and just human depravity not 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 torturing or killing people but more like internal suffering like the story lenny is gross but if you read the story kitty if you read the story you'll see it's about um loneliness it's about depression it's about pushing the limits of what's acceptable just to be part of something bigger than yourself but it is dark while touch, while trying to catch those themes he goes through like moments of like darkness. And so that's, that's why again, long-winded. I'm sorry. And you
1: narrating the story with your (laughs) voice. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. And I love the accents. There's sometimes you put an
2: accent in there. I'm like, good job, buddy.
1: I'm so self-conscious about that, but (laughs) it's it's, it's either do it
2: or don't do it. Like if I, you know, I want to, I want to make a career out of this. I'm trying. So if there's nothing, if there's anything you guys check out after all this explanation, is anything to check out, just check out the horror stories. They mean so much to me. And I'm hoping someone that, has a strong enough stomach. We'll like it. they will share it with their friends. People that like horror can maybe pick up on it and just enjoy. It. It's free to read, free to read, free to listen to. I will
0: we'll definitely link it in the bio of the show. That's for sure. Thank
2: you, guys. Thank you for tolerating this rambling. <laughs> You're not even Thanks for close. rambling with us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gentlemen. Uh Until next time. Awesome. Until next time. Talk soon, Terry. Thanks, Lauren.
1: Yeah. yeah, talk soon, Dick. So check us out at 40belowzero.com. That's four, letter T, below zero Or well, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is info at 40belowzero.com. Our personal Instagram account are, for Nick's, it's Nick's underscore V713. Or for Terry, it's what's underscore MS. Awesome. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. We'll talk soon.